The Productive Woman, Episode 287. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Productive Woman. My name is Laura McClellan and this is a podcast about productivity for busy women. My goal is to help you find the tools and encouragement you need to manage your time, life, stress, and stuff so you can accomplish the things you care about most and make a life that matters. Thank you for joining me today. This week, we're talking about life and productivity in a, in a time of crisis. You'll find maybe a little bit of information in the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 287. As I am recording this, it is March of 2020, and we are here in North Texas in the county I live in. I think we're on day three of the stay-at-home order that was issued by our county a few days ago. And I know a lot of you across the country and around the world are experiencing some of the same things that I am. And I thought maybe instead of a, a you know productivity topic per se on this episode, I wanted to talk about some of the challenges that we are all facing right now and maybe some things that we can do together or individually as we experience this together. It is a scary time for a lot of us. So much that we don't know about how this is all going to work out, uh, how long we will be required to stay in our homes and maybe not be working at our regular jobs. How long will it be before our kids can go back to school, those of us who have school-aged children? When will we know if the people that we love are going to get sick or if they're already sick, uh, how they'll come out of it? It is a scary time because there is so much uncertainty. There's lots of information being passed around on social media and on TV and in the news, and a lot of it's very contradictory. And I'm not going to get into that because that's not what this podcast is about. That's not what uh, we talk about on The Productive Woman. But one of the things that I've noticed is that as we are in this challenging time, a time of crisis affecting everybody around the world to one degree or another, that times like this can bring out either the best in us or the worst in us. Uh, and for a lot of us, maybe a little bit of both. And uh, I want to talk with you about the things that I've been thinking about, uh, how I can make sure that it's bringing out the better parts of me. And maybe some of those things will be relevant to you as well. There are in times like this, lots of things to worry about, plus big changes just in our day to day lives. I don't know anybody who hasn't been affected in one way or another, and some to a greater degree, some to a lesser degree. And if you're one of those who currently you or someone you love is sick, with this virus, my heart goes out to you. I want, I want you to know you are in my prayers. You are in my thoughts every day, whether because you are ill or just because of the struggles to get through the day-to-day of what's happening in the world today. I have been thinking about you a lot. I mentioned 
this week in the Productive Woman Community Facebook group that this week's episode was going to be coming out a little bit late. Um, not because I was abandoning the podcast or abandoning you as the people who listen to the podcast, but because I've just been giving so much thought to what to say and how I can maybe best support you in this time. This, this is my offering to that point. When we have these things to worry about um, and the changes that are going on in our lives, it's a big distraction, isn't it? It becomes very hard to focus. And for those who are still trying to work, whether you're working from home or you are in an essential business and you're still going to work, I've had lots of conversations with friends and colleagues about how difficult it is to focus on that work right now. And, you know, I had a conversation with a friend of mine, someone that I work with, about that fact that it's so hard to stay focused. We feel very distracted. And we talked about why that is. And and I, I shared in the, the Facebook group, and I'll put a link in the show notes here, to a recent episode of Brooke Castillo's The Life Coach School podcast, where she talked about some of these things and got me thinking about how our brains work. And that's kind of what she was focused on and how there's a part of our brain called the amygdala that is uh, kind of the oldest part of our human brain. Uh, Some people refer to it as the lizard brain. It's driven by instinct and its job basically is to keep us alive as a species and as an individual. That piece of our brain has evolved, has developed with that primary focus to keep us alive. So it's always scanning for threats. And when we are in a situation like we're in now, where there are things going on that are frightening or alarming, startling, however you want to look at it, the amygdala kind of goes into overdrive. And we'll talk about that a little bit later about what we can do about that. But the result of it is that it's consuming more of our brain's resources, making it uh, harder to uh, focus on the work that we're doing or the people we're interacting with, you know, in person. So the challenges right now that we're experiencing at this time in the world are going to be different depending on what your situation is. We, we're all experiencing this differently. If you are among those whose business is closed or you've been let go because your business, you know, is not operating, then you have worries that the people who currently still are working don't have as much. You may be worried about your income, about paying bills, about that sort of thing, about what's, when can you go back to work and how are you, is your family going to get along. If you are still going to work because you work in an industry where your services are considered essential, then you might be anxious about the risks of being out there in public, whether it's working at a grocery store or working as a a first responder or healthcare worker. And for you who are healthcare providers, if you even have time to listen to this right now, I can only imagine what life is like for you. I know you're working very hard, long hours, dealing with 
people in crisis mode, people who are very sick and wanting to take care of your patients, but also worrying about the risk to yourself. And my heart goes out to you. If you're an educator, and I know lots of of people in the productive woman community are educators at different levels, uh, you may be working very hard to find ways to help your students get their education when the schools are closed uh, and uh, finding ways to help keep their education going even in this time. If you are home but still working, uh, maybe you're dealing with the challenges of working remotely uh, when it's something you're not used to. I have worked from home for the last two years, so it's kind of, in, in some ways it's business as usual for me, but I remember what it was like when I made that transition to working from home, and I had time to prepare for it. If you are one of those who you're, you're still working your regular job, but doing so from home, and you had to do it almost overnight, I, I feel for you. Those are some, some big challenges to figure out how to make that work. If you add into that mix children at home, uh, whether it's preschoolers or younger or elementary age kids or high schoolers or older who can't, who normally would be gone during the day and now they're home and you're dealing with the, the you know, that on top of your own work or whatever else that you do typically during the days, that's a whole different set of challenges. If you're trying to work while, while caring for your children, maybe trying to home educate them, um, a whole, a whole nother layer on top of that. Maybe those of you who, uh, are used to going out to work every day or being out in the community and now you are home and you are alone and maybe you're feeling isolated and very alone that's another set of challenges and add to that for many of us in many parts of the country at least that I'm hearing about in the United States and maybe the same in other parts of the world difficulties in getting basic household supplies the things that we are used to being able to just pick up at the store whenever we want them here in the United States are not available. And it becomes a, a you know, a daily or every other day or so journey to go out there and hunt for the supplies that we need as we hope we're not going to run out. So there's, those are just some of the challenges and struggles that I've been seeing, uh, experiencing some of those and seeing them in other people that I know. And so whatever those challenges are that you're dealing with right now, I I guess I want you to know the, my reason for doing this episode is to say, I see you. I, I hear you. I wish I could help. I want to do something to help. And that, for me, is a, maybe a separate challenge altogether. My, my desire to be able to help you um, as we go through this separately but together is, is frustrating to me because I don't know what I can do other than tell you that I'm here. I'm willing to listen. If you want to reach out to me... I'll see what I can do to help as we all try to uh, get through this crisis together. So I guess to that point, our situation here in North Texas, where we live, if you've listened for a while, you might remember that we recently moved 
from the farm we had lived at out in the country for the last 13 years. We moved uh, to another home in in the same county, but a, you know, a smaller property and that sort of thing. I still work from home. I've done that for the last couple of years. I've talked about that on the podcast before, and I continue to work each workday from home as I did before, as long as there's work to do. Uh, We are anticipating a slowdown as our clients are hesitating to do real estate deals right now because of uncertainty in the economy. And so uh, if, if I haven't mentioned it before, if you don't recall, I am a lawyer, uh, a real estate lawyer specifically. And so I represent clients who do commercial real estate deals, whether it's a loan for acquisition or construction of a commercial property or purchases and sales of commercial properties like shopping centers and office towers and things like that. As you might imagine, um, there's a lot of uncertainty in the real estate world right now and a lot of hesitation about whether it's a good idea to invest, uh, to, to take on debt or to make loans or to acquire a property or all those things. And so we are anticipating a slowdown, which will have a direct impact on our household income. Uh, but for now, I continue to work from home in my home office here as it was set up, and um, that piece of it's working as as I would expect it to, as it was before. My husband, Mike, uh, continues to go to work. His company provides services that are deemed essential to national security. He's an engineer at a, at a company that provides certain services. And so he's still going to work, but his company has taken measures to minimize exposure and minimize the spread of this coronavirus. Um, they have gone to shift work. So instead of working five days a week, Monday through Friday, basically eight hours. He's now working four days a week, 10 hours each day, and then he's home for, you know, the three other days. So that's a change for us. He feels like he's, he told me last night when he came home from work, this is the first week of that happening. And he told me he felt like he was playing hooky because he knew he wasn't coming, you know, going into work the next day, even though it was a work day. In addition to that, and the reason they're doing that is so that any at any given time, there are fewer people on site where he works. They've also done things like closed the cafeteria self-serve lines. So there's food available, but they, you know, no salad bar, none of the things that his company uh, had available for them to purchase food, um, again, to protect people from the spread of the virus. They have issued directives to people to stay out of each other's offices, practice social distancing at work. So it's a, a change from the the more kind of collaborative environment that it was before where people would go in into each other's offices to discuss matters that they were working on and and uh, eat lunch together and things like that none of that is happening our son sam our youngest son uh, he's the one who has been in graduate school in another state for the last couple of years this is his last semester other than a project he needs to complete Uh, He came home for spring break knowing that, um, having already been told that 
the school would extend spring break basically for a couple of weeks. Um, while he was here, it was announced that the university where he is in graduate school has suspended in-person classes for the remainder of the semester. So they are gearing up as many schools, universities and, and other schools are doing uh, to provide distance learning to the students. And he is, um, kind of anxiously waiting to hear how that's going to work so he can finish his classes, his last semester of graduate school, and get his his degree that he's been working toward. So there's a little anxiety here, and he's home uh, for the rest of the semester, although a lot of his stuff is still up in Indiana where, his, uh, where he goes to school. In addition, you know, another impact all this has happened uh, has had on us is our daughter's wedding was affected this past weekend uh, our daughter's wedding was scheduled to occur at a venue um, you know we've been working on it for the last few months and um, it was affected because four days before the wedding our governor in texas announced a, a ban on public gatherings and so the venue you know, couldn't accommodate it. And, you know, we weren't supposed to gather with the the number of guests we had invited anyway. And um, we ended up scrambling to do a very, very small wedding at our home with just family. And it was, you know, it was beautiful. It wasn't what we had planned. It wasn't the dream wedding she had uh, had she and I had been working on for her, but she was happy. She was beaming all day long and she's now married and, and very happy with how the day went. So that's, those are some of the kind of more immediate impacts that we've experienced here. Our, our older son could not come to the wedding, even if we'd been able to do it because he's in the military, he's in the the United States Navy. And a week before the wedding, the, the Department of Defense uh, an, issued an order that uh, banning all travel for military personnel and their families. So we used some technology to allow um, our older son who couldn't be here and many of the guests who had planned to come to participate via video conferencing. Basically, we set up a Zoom meeting and they were able to watch and listen to this small ceremony we had in our living room. Um, they were able to, to participate that way remotely. As I mentioned, just this week, our county... Uh, issued a stay home order. So we're in day three, I think, of being required to stay home and only leave for essential activities. And we're adjusting to that, as many of you are. So that's kind of where we are here in the McClellan household in North Texas. Um, in, in some ways, things go on as they have before. In other ways, they have they do not. Um, for at least the last two or three weeks, you, uh, there is no, there are no paper products of any kind to be found in the stores around us. And every few days, uh, my husband goes out and goes to all the different stores on his way home from work or uh, to see if we can find some of those things. We can't find bread. We can't find um, a lot of cleaning products. 
um, you know, various things like that. So it, it, it depends on, on what we're looking for, but the, the stores are having a hard time keeping up with the demand. And I know a lot of you are experiencing that as well. So I just, you know, I say all that to say, I, I hear you, I'm with you. I, I'm, I'm experiencing that as well. So the question really becomes, how do we adjust to this current reality? This for for some people in the world, uh, some of these things that we're experiencing are day-to-day life for them. And I think keeping that in mind gives a little perspective. The, the shortages of things that we want to buy from the stores, for instance, um, there are parts of the world where none of those things are readily available. And we take for granted the ease with which we can just run out to the store and pick up, you know, whatever we need at any given time. And I try to remember how privileged I am to, to live in a place where that's the case, because I know that's not the case for people in many parts of the world. So that's a difference that we're experiencing now. Our reality has changed in in some ways, it's very much the same in other ways. Um, but how do we adjust to those changes, to the the isolation that some of us feel, to the uh, the change in our day to day routines and our ability to do the things that we normally would do, and and that's what I've been thinking about a lot for the last week or so. I I see a lot of advice out there online on YouTube and social media and stuff. Lots of advice to use the time, your new free time to get projects done. But what if that doesn't work for you? What if you don't have more free time because uh, you're trying to work from home and educate your kids and, and worry about your your elderly parents down the road and making sure that they're provided for? What if um, you don't have a lot of leisure to, to uh, do lots of projects now? Or maybe you have time because you're not working, your business has been ordered to be closed, or you've been laid off, but you find it hard to focus on doing household projects or crafts or things like that, that that a lot of people are recommending, either because of the anxiety that you're feeling or just the the distraction of worrying about what's going to happen next. What I don't want to see happen, what I hope is not happening, is that you're feeling inadequate because you're seeing the same kinds of recommendations that I'm seeing out there of, oh, you know, reorganize your pantry and, and or, you know, redo your walls or something. Um, and you just don't find yourself in a position to be able to do that. Does that make you feel inadequate because you feel that you're not making productive use of this time? I hope not. I guess that's one of the things I want to say to you. We all are going to deal with this current situation differently. And what other people are doing, as always, right? Not just in a situation like this, but all the time. What other people are doing might be a source of ideas, maybe even of inspiration, but it shouldn't be a gauge by which we measure whether we're doing things right. So here are some of my thoughts on how we can adjust to this current reality in a way that works for us, and we can continue to make lives that matter even in the midst of this. And so the first thought that I have for you and for me 
is to do what you need to do to process whatever you're thinking and feeling. A lot of times if we're feeling distracted, having trouble focusing, or just, you know, feeling is, is emotions of different kinds is because we've just got so much going on in our heads that we can't kind of see around it to what we need or want to do next. And so I think we need to process those feelings, those thoughts that we're having in whatever way works for us. So for you, it might be just to journal a little bit each day, or maybe it's to sit down and and do a brain dump and just get all those crazy thoughts that are going on in, in your head out onto a piece of paper where you can evaluate them, look at them and decide whether you want to do something about them or just, just let yourself feel what you're feeling and express whatever's in your mind and and your heart as you're going through this experience. Maybe what could help you process what you're thinking and feeling would be a phone call or a Zoom call with a trusted friend or a therapist or a coach. I've heard from lots of people who are doing, you know, phone therapy sessions or Zoom therapy sessions. And so whether it's a, you know, a therapist that you pay, a coach that you work with, or just a friend you trust who will let you bounce off the thoughts, who will listen to you, who will hear what's going on in your head without passing judgment on you. That can be a great way to process all this. And I don't want to say get it out of the way, but just to process it in a way that lets you feel better about what's going on both around you and inside you and maybe let you then move on to doing some other things that you feel are more productive. I personally think there's not much that is more productive than um, acknowledging your feelings and your thoughts, processing them, dealing with them, managing your own mind. I think that's a great use of time right now. And whatever those feelings are, they're valid, they're yours, you have a right to them, whether it's fear, anxiety, anger, um, whatever it might be, finding ways to process those thoughts and feelings can go a long way to help make your day-to-day life more um, more productive in all the senses that we talk about it on this show. Second thing I would say that I would recommend and what I'm trying to do is to keep your routines as much as you can, uh, but with a caveat, and that is be gentle with yourself. There is uh, a great deal of comfort that can come from just following the, the routines that you have in place on a day-to-day basis. So get up in the morning, but you know what? If you can, let yourself sleep in a little if you feel like you need some more rest. Maybe you're used to getting up at five in the morning to to do certain things before you go off to work or you sit down to, to care for your family, and now you're not going to work, and so maybe you can sleep in a little bit, but not too late. I would encourage you to pick a time that you're going to get up in the morning and make be consistent with that right now. Make your bed when you get up in the morning. And if you have kids at home, get them to make theirs. There's just, it's a little thing, but it's a way that we can establish a little bit of order and a little bit of control in the midst of a situation that feels very much out of control. Get dressed. 
um, you know, in, in, rather than wandering around the house all day in your, your pajamas. I, I mean, you can do that if you want to, but I think if you're feeling kind of at loose ends and feeling a little lost, following these normal routines can make a, a huge difference. So getting dressed, but I would say that, you know, if we're in the house and not going anywhere, a, a pair of clean sweats or yoga pants perf- counts perfectly well as getting dressed for the day. Similarly, go to bed at a regular time rather than uh, completely changing your sleep and getting up times. Uh, try to follow kind of a, a routine that's pretty close to what you normally do because we will come out of this and we will things will get back to normal. Normal may be somewhat changed. But if you can keep those routines in place, it gives you, again, that sense of order, that sense of a little bit of control over what's happening around you that can really help with uh, feeling better. Uh, Third thing is to continue to take care of yourself. We talk about that all the time. It's so important now, and it can be hard. I think we as women tend to let that one go off the list first when we go into crisis mode. But it's so important that you continue to take care of yourself in whatever way makes sense to you. If you're an introvert and you're surrounded, you know, everybody's home in in your space, try to try to carve out some time for yourself, even if it's just, you know, have your someone else look after the kids, your your spouse or whoever there is there with you, or leave them all in one room and you go you know, take a bath with a book or something like that. On the other hand, if you're an extrovert and you're feeling down because you're, you, you need that human interaction, find ways to connect with other people. I love seeing the things, the videos on social media where for, from our friends in Italy, where they are encouraging each other from a distance as they all look out, hang out their windows of their apartments and share a musical experience or do a workout together or something like that. So find ways to connect with others, even if it's just via a phone call, a Zoom chat, a Facebook Live, whatever can work for you. Get some exercise. That's part of taking care of yourself. Even if it's just walking up and down the stairs a few times or or take an online yoga class. There are lots of places. I'm seeing all kinds of announcements of various resources where people are offering classes online for those who can't, you know, we can't go out and go to a class now. But find some way to move your body a little bit each day. And then do the usual things. Eat well. Uh, get plenty of water, get some rest, do the things that you need to do to take care of yourself, whatever that might be. If you have your kids at home, if you have, whether it's school age kids or younger, I know there are special concerns for you there. And if you, especially if you're not used to being, say, a stay-at-home mom with your kids, lean on your friends, friends that you might have that have been, say, homeschoolers. Get ideas from them. Uh, Lots of them are sharing ideas online, but uh, in terms of finding ways to continue educational experiences, keeping them occupied so that they're, you know, they're not, you're not tearing your hair out over that. The, the concern of having no free time, if you're, if you're used to being home with the kids gone to school or, or, you know, you're not used to spending all day every day at home with everybody, uh, that loss of free time can be hard for us. 
all, all those things are concerns that you may be experiencing. And if this continues, I would love to do uh, maybe some episodes here in the next few weeks, uh, maybe drawing upon the experiences of those of you in the community who have ideas, uh, whether you're educators and can make suggestions about how moms who are not used to educating their kids can can do the necessary, I guess, during this period of time, and and some of those sorts of things. In the meantime, I would encourage you, first of all, don't worry about what everyone else is doing. Do what works for you. Whatever that means in terms of if you're educating your kids or not educating them, learn from each other, but don't measure how well you're parenting by what you think other people are doing. Um, And the second thing I would suggest, if you have kids at home, to institute an afternoon quiet time. This seems like a, a, maybe seems like a silly little thing that you're not used to, but it makes such a huge difference in everybody's attitude. If there's some period of time, maybe after lunch, when everything's going to be quiet. I have said for years, and I did, I was home with my kids for many years before I went to law school and, and started pursuing a legal career. And my rule from the time I had my first child was after lunch, everybody shorter than me takes a nap. And now as the kids got older, they didn't have to sleep, but they had to be silent. And this was you know, an hour or so where everyone was supposed to be quiet. The little ones would take a nap. The older kids would lie on their bed and read or color pictures or something. I would not have them on screens during that time, but they could do something silent lying on their bed. It was good for them. It was good for me. It was good for all of us to have a little bit of quiet time to sort of decompress Um, get the emotions under control and just rest a little bit before we came back together for, you know, dinner time and all those sorts of things. So I really encourage you to consider instituting that. And it may take a little training, a little practice if it's not something you've done in the past, but kids can learn to do that. Um, That rule ever again, ever since I had our first child has always applied in our household, even for when other people's, you know, I would, if I was watching someone else's kids, a friend's kids or something like that, or when the grandkids are here after lunch, everybody shorter than me takes a nap. And, uh, it has served me well for, for many, many years. If you can, I encourage you to follow that quiet time rule yourself. Stay off of screens during that time. Don't work on projects, but at least take some of that time to just curl up with, uh, I don't know, a cup of tea or lemonade, your book, your knitting or whatever, even if it's just for 20 or 30 minutes to sort of just, you know, take a breath, calm down, and, and then you can get back to the things that you need and want to do. And then finally, I would suggest find some projects to do that perhaps you typically don't have time for, but don't feel like you have to fill every moment of every day with something, some activity in order to be productive. The most productive thing that we can do right now in this time that we are going through as a species (laughs) is to take care of ourselves and each other. I really believe that. 
And so if it helps you to fill up your time with projects and you have the energy and the focus to do that, then great, do that. But don't feel like if you're not filling every moment with work and projects that you're somehow wasting the time. Do what works for you. Do what makes sense for you and be okay with that. There is so much that we can't control now. This is true all the time, but it's particularly true in a situation like that, like like the, the one that we're in right now. And so what I think we need to do is to look for what we can control in the situation. We can't control this virus. We can't control how it, uh, how it affects people other than following the, the recommendations of the medical professionals and staying home, staying, you know, practicing the social distancing, all of those sorts of things that will help uh, slow the spread of the illness uh, the virus and the illness that it causes. Um, other than that, there's so much about this we can't control. We can't control how long this lasts other than by, you know, doing the things I just talked about. We can certainly make it last longer if we don't practice the social distancing. Um, we can't control what the government does other than to reach out and uh, have our opinions be known. We can't control what other people do, but we can control our thoughts, our attitude, our actions. And so maybe the most important thing we need to do, certainly the thing I need to do in this time is to manage my own mind. Talk to my amygdala. I mentioned earlier about, um, you know, the, the amygdala and Brooks, um, uh, Brooke Castillo's episode where she talked about that, how uh, the amygdala is that part of the brain whose job is to keep us alive. It's always scanning our surroundings, looking for threats, saber-toothed tigers, whatever. And it doesn't distinguish between those saber-toothed tigers and news that there's no toilet paper in the store. When there is a crisis that the amygdala perceives as a threat, it starts taking away resources, telling us to watch out. It, it starts talking to us more loudly. Be careful, watch out, there's a saber-toothed tiger nearby. And that's what makes it so hard to focus, as I mentioned earlier. But if we pause, if we recognize what's going on as that underlying anxiety is, uh, is growing and keeping us from focusing on the work that we need to do or the, the people we need to care for, once we recognize that, we can take action. We can activate our prefrontal cortex to talk to the amygdala. And I personally when I find myself in this situation where I'm starting to feel anxious and panicky, I actually talk out loud to myself and I stop and I think about, all right, what is it I'm afraid of? What is, what are the thoughts that are causing this anxiety? And then I talk to my, to my lizard brain and I say, thank you for the warning. I appreciate what you're doing to keep me alive, but we're okay. There are no tigers. Uh, we're, we're, we're okay. We're going to be okay. Thank you for warning me. Let me get back to work. And that's why, you know, each time I go into the bathroom, I open the cupboard door and tell myself, we're okay. There's still four, five rolls of toilet paper in here. We're going to be okay. You can go back to work, Laura, draft that document, reply to that email, whatever it is, enjoy that novel that you're reading, talk to Mike and be present during the conversation. 
Those are the things I say to myself when I find the anxiety growing, the fear growing and distracting me from the life I'm trying to live right now in the midst of this. So maybe that will help you as well to do whatever it takes to comfort yourself, recognize the source of the anxiety uh, and, and do what it takes to comfort yourself and encourage yourself to get back to living. Try not to let yourself get worked up over what other people are doing or not doing, whether, whether it's the government or your neighbors or people across the country. We could, uh, one of the hazards of having maybe more free time is we can spend a lot of time watching the news or scrolling through social media and hearing, getting in arguments with people or just worrying about the things that other people are saying or what the government is or is not doing. Um, it's good to be informed. I'm not sure how helpful it is to allow ourselves to get worked up over what other people are doing or are not doing that we think they should be doing. Uh, if it's something we can't control, then, then acknowledge it and move on to the things that we can control. Uh, maybe if you're a person of faith, certainly pray about those things, but to allow ourselves to get worked up and anxious and angry over those things, I'm, I'm not sure that serves us very well. I know it doesn't serve me, and so I'm trying to, to be aware of that and not let that happen. If you're under a stay-at-home order, as many of us are, find ways to connect with other people, uh, whatever, however that may work for you. And we've talked, I've mentioned a, a couple of options. Um, you can use FaceTime or Zoom or some other video conferencing app to have some face-to-face -face action interaction with people who matter to you. Uh, but, but limit social media if it's leaving you feeling stressed or anxious. Find other ways to connect with people, uh, whether it's to sit out on your porch and call across the street to the neighbor who's sitting on her porch or whatever it is. If you have no one to talk to, reach out to me. I'd be happy to talk with you. I, I feel helpless right now because I know you may be suffering in one in ways that I can't imagine and I wish I could help so I feel like I've talked much longer than I intended to on this episode I don't know how helpful it's been uh, these are some ideas I've had I'm going to try to explore some other things in the weeks to come always praying and hoping that uh, this virus will get under control sooner rather than later and we will be able to uh, regain some semblance of normalcy uh, before too terribly long. But if there's something I can do to help you, to encourage you, please tell me what that might be. Please email me at, uh, I'll get, at info at theproductivewoman.com the com, and uh, I will respond. I am thinking about scheduling some Zoom conferences, some Zoom meetings where we could all jump on at, uh, at different times to, to just share ideas and encourage each other. If that's something that would be interesting to you, let me know. If you are not yet a member of the Productive Woman Community Facebook group uh, and you're a woman who listens to this podcast, you are welcome there and 
lots of uh, interaction going on there, different women asking questions or asking for support or ideas for dealing with the things that they're struggling with. And I want to do what I can to, to support this community because even if we've never met, you mean a lot to me. And I want to see you thrive during this time and continue to be able to make a life that matters as you define it. So that being said, those are some of my thoughts. I'd love to hear from you. As I said, feel free to reach out to me. You can share your ideas about what I've discussed here in the comments section of the show notes for this episode. And the show notes for this are going to be pretty short this time, but there is always a a place where you can comment and you'll find that at theproductivewoman.com slash 287. Or you can also post a comment or question either in the community Facebook group, if you're a member there, or just on the, uh, the Productive Woman Facebook page, which anybody can comment on. Feel free to email me. I said e- info earlier. The email address is feedback at theproductivewoman.com. And uh, I'd love to hear from you. If I can support or encourage you in any way during this time, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. And that is it for this episode of The Productive Woman. For now, I thank you for spending this time with me. I thank you for the kind words that I've heard from you in the past week or so. I hope there was something in in what I said today that you find helpful or encouraging. I do look forward to hearing from you. Really, I do. And to talking with you again soon. So until next time, remember, extend grace to each other and to yourself and continue to make your life matter. Thank you.